Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday night. It's 11 o'clock. I am not scratching my nose this week, Will. So I, uh, <laughs> I just want you to know that for once I, I've kicked that habit. Oh, well, I think that says that I had a habit with my nose that I didn't have. Um, I'm just naturally this uh, excited to talk about comics and talk with uh, about three projects this week. Um, but first, Will, we know we're 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 what three weeks into a new job? Two weeks? How are you feeling? You 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 getting more comfortable? A little bit, yeah. It's uh, it's a big change, but I uh, I everybody tells me I'm gonna like it, and I'm at the point where you know I think I could probably like it, but I'm still so overwhelmed that I'm like, okay, what I I trust that you say this, and it's gonna be okay. If you, I think I think you're supposed to drown drown in the second and third week, but as long as the water feels the right temperature, it's all good. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, well, my week has been getting used to the because uh, because I can kind of d- do my own schedule. So during the summer, I sleep more till it's like nine o'clock, and now I'm back to that six thirty seven a.m. getting up for school time. So if I fall asleep during the show, it is. Nothing other than me dealing with uh, new school schedules. I promise it has nothing to do with uh, William, Jack, or Tyler, who are here to talk about their projects. Now, what we usually do on Explain Yourself is a little 30-second elevator pitch for the project. 
and then we're going to go do a deep dive. Now, uh, in my conversation with Tyler James, he he let me know that he was going to kind of nap up and stay a up a little bit later. So, Tyler, we're going to let you do your deep dive first, uh, just just in case we we hit that time where you've got to say goodnight. Uh, so why don't we do your elevator pitch first as well for the uh, book that you are publishing, A Fistful of Pain? Yeah, so this is a book uh, that features dragons, uh, sibling rivalry, and kung fu vengeance. It is written by uh, indie comic sort of super scribe, uh, Ryan K. Lindsay, uh, and he's partnering up with his longtime convention table mate, uh, Louis Joyce, uh, who is also Australian, and it's just a really cool book. It's um, you know about uh, two sisters that grew up bickering like six sisters do, uh, fighting over, you know, Everything from you know little things sisters fight over to uh, the family dragon. Um, yeah. Eventually, that rivalry uh, results in one of the sisters betraying the other and betraying the family and breaking their code and stealing the dragon for her own uh, evil, criminal, uh, like bad things to do. And uh, this is the ultimate uh, retribution slash comeuppance where the two sisters face off in a sort of kung fu fight for the ages on, on, a, on a yacht and uh, dragons are involved and it's it's pretty pretty darn cool. Uh, I'm editing it and publishing it under Comics Drive. It's a self-contained original one shot and um, yeah, it's, it's doing great on Kickstarter and um, we're excited to have it up there for another eight days or so. Awesome. So um, Jack, Legends of the Realm, any dragons in Legends of the Realm that we need to be worried about? As of yet, not uh, so far. This is uh, the second official issue for Legends of the Realm, but like the name suggests, it is epic fantasy just as you want it. Uh, this issue, we've got our main character, Cam Radian. He is uh, traveling throughout the kingdom he's just been appointed to, trying to discover new magics, new mysteries. Normally, he goes to... Uh, special places this time the magic has come to him with a mysterious stone woman over a bridge demanding a toll uh that he cannot pay and in their fighting they're trying to figure out are we friends are we enemies and even if we're friends do i still have to kill you nice Okay, William, if there's not a dragon somewhere in Baby Barbarian, we're going to have some issues. There has to be somewhere, right? No, there's no dragon. Uh, okay, all right. All right. Well, well there's we'll, a we'll hawk drake. There's a hawk drake. So what in Baby Barbarian is a, um, it's like a tween uh, gonzo fantasy comic. And it's meant for parents and kids or adults and little people to, to read together. Um and the the premise is a barbarian family and like a faux uh, faux you know Nordic slash you know pan Nordic culture and then somebody comes to their village um, with a wagon that is full of magical items and one of them is the player's throne and whoever sits in it will be transported off to a land of fun and games and of course one of our plucky protagonists ends up sitting in it and um, is sent off to Castle Slapdash. Um, so it's, uh, it's, and so the first, the first comic was uh, launched last year. That was uh, as well with um, Tyler. I'm a member of Tyler's group over here and he, they were very helpful with that. And um, 
so take you know how this takes right to get a year later you get the second one going but this wraps up the second story where the family has actually been in the castle at the end of the first one and they just arrived there and now they have to reunite find a way to defeat all these trips and tricks and traps and then escape and it's really just meant to be very lighthearted and um family friendly and you know something that Wholesome. I mean, can I say that on this show? Wholesome. Yes, we 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 do allow curse words, and we do allow allow nice, wholesome family the entertainment as well. Curse word. Okay. Yeah, it's it's we we kind of run the gamut. A to Z. We go we go we go. Uh, you know, baby books to pornography if it comes up. So yes, you're you're allowed. Awesome. Um, so let's let's get into um, one thing. So I'm not a publisher, Tyler. You're a publisher. I'm going to put out a scenario that th this is the way I expect it to be. Ryan K. Lindsay sends you a, an email and it says, I have an idea for. So my expectation is you read that, you reply, yes, we'll do it. And then you go back to his, his email to find out what the pitch is. Is that how it works with Ryan? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the, the automatic green lights. Yeah, I mean, he's... um. Like Ryan was involved in the very first um, project that I launched on Kickstarter. So um, the nice thing about being in this world and the nice thing about being a publisher with like Jack, a, a small uh, kid at home is that you got very, like we have a limited amount of bandwidth. And so mm -hmm. uh, the, the fact that like it, the people that I've worked with in the past and people that, um, you know, I can see just do, doing good work, people that I'm a fan fans of myself, um, since I can, you know, say, I have to say no to like 95% of everything that comes my way because of bandwidth and, you know, trying to find the right fit for our, the audience that we already have and, and books that I think that publishing under the Comics Tribe imprint can help move the needle a little bit. Like mm -hmm. it, it's tough. Uh, we have a, you know, low acceptance rate, but you know, if we've worked together in the past, if we've, you know, you know, just like gone to gone to Kickstarter battle together before, um, mm -hmm. it does make it pretty easy. But I think like Ryan also, um, he's gotten pretty good because because you know over the years, you know, he's sent me a number of ideas and a number of them actually found homes in other places, but not all necessarily like the kind of vibe that I that would be a a comics tribe book or that, that right. I think the audience would, would just totally jump over. But, but I also say like working with Ryan, you know, he's in some ways, you know, helped us sort of re reorient what could a comics tribe book could be. He pushes some envelopes and, and things mm -hmm. like this. And so like, like this latest book, you know, it's on track to be our most funded, most backed uh, comic book Kickstarter. Um, and it is nothing like, like, like when we started, um, you know, I started a decade ago, we, we launched with three, like superhero high concept twist books. And right. now like, we, we don't really do much of that or haven't done much of that in a long time. And this is also something completely different. So, um, I think that's a testament to what Ryan, um, has been able to achieve and, and the, the respect that he has in the industry. And then also like we've, um, with our audience, just, you know, they, they kind of uh, give us a lot of, give us a long leash, you know, yeah. in terms of what we well, 
if you can share the page uh, with us, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen and then uh, Will and I are going to try to embarrass you for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of said this a little bit in the backstage. Uh, this Will and I wouldn't know each other. Will and I wouldn't have probably, I, I probably wouldn't still be doing comics, uh, wouldn't still be able to do comics if it wasn't for you putting out, putting the work in learning, showing how things work and sharing information with us. And I want to, before we go any further, say thank you so much for what you do to me, Kevin Joseph specifically, and then all of comics in general. It is a godsend to have people like you, Russell Nolte, Charlie Stickney, the people that are showing how it works and not hoarding the secrets. And I just, I, I just really want to embarrass you because almost nothing that I've done in the last three years would exist without you helping and showing the way. Well, I appreciate you that, man. You said you weren't going to embarrass me. No. <laughs> I, want, I, want to decide, I want to decide. I want to decide. Yeah, no, it, it has been um, just an absolute, uh, joy to um to do this you know like i for as long as i can remember i've been like making comics or creating stuff and then also talking about the process of making it and so like you know to to be here you know years later and this is kind of like somehow been able to put together a a job and a living where all i do is work on my projects or work with creators like like you guys, uh, I'm trying to make your projects a little bit better. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's great. It's, it's a great, uh, great thing. And so, you know, cheers, cheers to all of you. And, uh, it's, it's you know, a testament to, to like how, how good the quality of the people that, um, that I've been able to meet in this community. Um, and, and, and the fact that, you know, after, uh, several years, like comics is like clearly like number one in terms of success rate on Kickstarter. It's because so many creators like yourselves do it the right way, you know, and, and so it's it's a great community to be a part of. So Joey Galvez said, look at those, uh, the gorgeous colors on that book. Is is the artist doing the colors or do you have a, a colorist yeah. with this group? Yeah, so this is Louis, all Louis Joyce. Um, he, well, uh, we have some, I mean, we have uh, uh, some great, ex some great pinups and some some cool variants from some, from some artists that, um, Ryan and Louie have worked with in the past, but um, in terms of for the interiors, um, that is that is Louie, and he's he's playing with he's doing some cool stuff with color palettes and things like that to uh, represent the different timelines and time frames in the book. Um, but um, yeah, he's he's something else, um, and and just uh, it's a book that like again doesn't look like anything that we've published before in comics tribe and and um one of the things that i'm so excited about uh is that this is is we're publishing this in like a large uh european style oversized format um and i think you're gonna need it because louis goes crazy on some of the panel like there's a page with like 20 plus panels on it of like kung fu action mm -hmm. and just playing with like some just gorgeous double page spreads and things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a cool looking book and um, definitely going to be visually distinct. And then, you know, one of the things that is sort of my 
my kink <laughs> over the past couple of years has been okay let's you know let's crank the uh the cover or the format to 11 so that mm -hmm. like even if you don't even know what the the kai concept is yet like you've got to ask about the book right. um, that's that's where the sort of die cut foil enhanced hard, hardcover comes in so you know, you, you, you see a mock-up here. We weren't able to get the full, you know, dummy book made up to, to really show it off. But the concept here is that um, the dragon's eyes will be cut out. Like, that'll, that'll be a die cut. And so you're, like, looking through, and his pupils are the, the warring sisters. Um, and then all of the flames are going to be, uh, like, a gold foil enhancement there. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, really trying to push the hardcover here. Um, the hardcover, you know, it, 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 it's a premium book, it's premium price, um, but we also are, are, are putting extra pages in the hardcover as well um, to try to give people, a, justify people upgrading for the big version. Mm -hmm. um, we do have some really great, you know, soft, two soft cover versions as well. Um, well I remember the, the she hardcover being just absolutely gorgeous. So I'm going to assume it's going to be at least that quality, if not even nicer. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was the first uh time we we experimented with the old die cut uh hardcover and we've actually have um if anybody missed them and you're you're dying to uh add some really cool hardcovers in there there is a a pledge that gives you all three of the the comics tribe die cut hardcovers which were all successfully uh kickstarted here um so that uh, that that would be she uh, which is also by ryan k Lindsay, and then the wailing blade collection with uh, mm -hmm. that book by rich duick and joe mulvey right if you're so, if you're dying for some Ryan, you can. Uh... <laughs> um, can't believe what, you said that, man. <laughs> I can't believe I I can't believe I I got it in. I thought all six all six of us were going to jump on that one. But, um, so who is it? Yeah, when I read Ryan's work, and I've said this to him, uh, you know, by email because he's in Australia and he cannot hear me, but. Um, I feel intoxicated about four pages into his work. There is something that that he does, and I'm reminded of the first short that I read was by the same artist. It was the the prime minister uh, mm. who disappears. You know, true story: an Australian prime minister went out for a swim and disappeared, which is, I, I think, the greatest Australian story I've ever heard. Um, and then, and this story is just all these crazy conspiracy theories of what might have happened, and uh, it's both the writer and the artist on it. But I was, I, it's like six pages, and I put it down and I was kind of like dizzy in the best way possible. And Ryan's work does this weird thing in my head. And I don't know what the magic he, you know, like satanic magic. I don't know if it's chaos magic, but um, I can't wait to get in this because I just love the work. And he has this thing where every artist he works with is the best artist in the world. And he works with about four different artists. So how does he do that? <laughs> yeah that that is a, a a good question and uh that's you know that that's his own special kind of kung fu um he's really like the dis like ryan's discipline i think is the hardest thing in the world where he is able to come up with these super epic high concepts in these like rich like lived in worlds and then he's able to tell a story that might be might only be you know twenty pages or ten mm -hmm. pages or six pages or or you know fifty plus pages like this one is. Mm 
um, and 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 is and is okay with that. Like, so I, I think so many creators and and I myself am always this is like when I come up with an idea, <laughs> it's like, you know, oh well, that'll take. 10, 10 issues and then might right. and then it might get good, right? Right. Uh, and and Ryan is able to sort of like just just craft these these wholly lived in worlds and then tell tell a really like gutting story in those pages and then he's okay leaving it and going on to something else. And it's it's the smart like from a creator's perspective, it's the smartest thing that you can possibly do mm-hmm. uh, in some cases because it gets him to actually get your artist to say yes. Right. Uh, and then it also gets them like books to get published, printed out into the world and mm-hmm. credits. And so like, you know, where you, where you look at, you know, creators that, that are trying to, you know, still trying to get those miniseries uh, picked up or whatever. And, and Ryan's just, you know, hey, I've got a, a dozen, a half dozen one shots and a couple mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, three issues and, and here and there. And, and he's just been, been so prolific. And I think that that's a part of it, but it's a special gift to be able to think really, really big and then tell like a, just a, a dynamic story and get in and get out and, and leave people feel like wanting more and, and moved. Right. Um, and you know, the other thing that I, I'll say about Ryan's work, um, I know his, his ears are probably ringing right now, <laughs> middle of the middle of the day in Australia. He's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the, the dude's his uh, his writing is poetry uh, in, in his and so like for someone like me that I'm like okay let's market this thing one of the one of the things I like to do is like okay what are what are sort of our log lines and what are, what are our cool like sayings and taglines or what am I are, are like marketing things and I you know just had a blast going through this script and pulling out just like these just zingers of um, of gutting lines that I could then just use in marketing images, like some of the ones that you see here, you know, time to go to war. Yeah. Uh, you know, the opening line, my name, my name is Shin and I, and, uh, Shin and I have only one purpose, sororicide. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I had never heard the word sororicide. Right. Like, oh, you know exactly what it is. Okay. And, and it's just like, yeah, he's, uh, he's got a gift. He's got a gift for that. And, and there's always like a moment or two in the, like in the scripts where you're like, wow, like, like he just said something that like, you know, some, some like uh, you almost want to like the great poets say that at some point or, or, right. or you know, look it up. But, um, but, and, and then like, but then you could also like, if you want to hit the mute button <laughs> and, uh, and rip all, rip all Ryan's words away, uh, the artist, like the art is always memorable and, and worth really diving into. And so, you know, when it comes together, um, that's sort of like the brilliant thing. And I think it, when Ryan um, sent this over to me the first time um, and he sort of asked what I thought, like the one the one thing where, where like sometimes Ryan Ryan's work um, doesn't like or, or, or where like where I say like it's not always a comic tribe book or whatever. Um, sometimes like like I find like, you know what, like Ryan, like. Some of the stuff like you're you're giving me the reader too much credit. Like that there are some there are some uh, connections that I actually want want to see in this book and and, and right. some some moments that I want to spend time with. So like my only real editing capacity in this was just uh, calling out a couple of beats that 
uh, sort of were left on the cutting room floor. And I think that's one another thing that Ryan's really good at is like, you know, not like like killing the babies down to just what you need and like mm -hmm. not not taking too too long and 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 letting the audience fill in the gaps. But um, I think there are some, you know, there's some gaps and some things that are really worth and beats that that um, that I, I want to see hit um, so that everything connects for me. And so, like, um, unfortunately, for, for I guess for Ryan and Louie, like that, that meant adding some pages right and, uh, and 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 making the story a little bit bigger but i think all in like you know i i finally read the the lettered final version um, a couple of days ago and i'm just like yeah this is this is a really powerful piece of work um so yeah i'm it's it's fun it's it's fun to work with with creators that that are able to do that well you know ryan's i i love his newsletter because he's <laughs> very honest about you know the the week to week struggles he's also you know really honest about the discipline you know the getting up as early as he gets up to do his writing at that time and then you know going about his normal day job and then you know just all the struggles that he goes through to you know to to produce this stuff it's it's, uh, it's pretty inspiring yeah absolutely and if if you've been a long time um subscriber to this you know one of one of the projects that he's been updating for years and years and years has been this one. And it's taken, um, it's taken a lot of different uh, twists and turns and, you know, Louie's Louis got a family and has to take jobs and things like this. And so like, it's been shelved for a while and then come back to, and then mm -hmm. remastered. And so like so much so that like, we actually tried to take that, like, Hey, we've, they've been working on this for a long, long time and, and turn that into a, not just a strength, but a product. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so like there's an additional uh, process zine that Louis pulled together, um, just chronicling the creation of this project and the evolution and character designs and all sorts of stuff. And so it's, it's kind of like a really cool little extra um, that um, the great thing about Kickstarter is like, yeah, there's, there's, it turns out there's a lot of fans that would like a little bit extra, want, want a little bit more, really want to dive deep in this. And so um, I know, you know, Ryan is obviously a, a, an epic process junkie. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's really from the, the artist perspective as well. And so it's it's a just a cool little extra product. And um, so it's, it's been fun pulling it together and uh, getting different kinds of just diff different kinds of things and trying trying a few different things for this launch. Um, you know, this I, I guess I could open this up a little bit as a, a, a comment or a topic. But one of the things that I think has been weighing on a lot of creators heads when they're doing their launches is just like how expensive international shipping has become. And 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 just that feeling like even if every Kickstarter in the past, you're still getting a decent number of international backers. But you're like, as soon you know, is there going to become a point where it's just like it's too much is too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so for this campaign, one of the things that we decided to do was um, just give an upgrade to our our international backers uh, for free. Um, and so, like one of the things that we, we said is is if you were an international backer um, outside of the like outside of the U.S., it, so someone from Canada was like, "Do we count as international?" It's like, "Yep, <laughs> yeah. pay for it." So. So we, we we still do free U.S. shipping, but international ship shipping we do charge for. Um, but we decided to make the um, artist edition uh, sketch plate uh, or signed art plate. So this would be signed by the writer and the artist, 
and then it'll also include um, some uh, additional uh, prints. Um, and so this is like a little bit of a, a bundle. Any any backer can add, can add it for twenty dollars. Trade mm-hmm. your books to sign. But we decided since most international backers are going to be spending at least twenty dollars, if not more, right. um, we're just including that as an add-in um, for all international. Just that's that's really interesting. I know that Orange Cone, their pup Van Winkle, what what their decision to to work on it that I thought was interesting was. Basically, international backers were bumped up one stacked tier. So yeah. if you backed the $12 tier, you got the $20 rewards. And if you backed the $20 tier, you got the $30 rewards. And I thought that was an interesting uh, way to go about kind of, look, we understand how expensive this is. And it's yeah. it's very difficult. And it, it is something that's getting tougher. And I, I like the thought that I, I didn't think to think outside of the box on that, but I'm going to in the future uh, if it continues. And there's prices don't seem to ever go down. They they only seem yeah. to go one way. So I think I'm going to have to start thinking about something. Yeah. And the other thing was with both Ryan and and um, and Louie being in Australia, so as an international team, you'd think we'd get a, a, a large number of Australians. Uh, you know, and and. You know, we sort of took it on the chin last time um, because, you know, we decided to offer either, you know, very discounted or even free Australian shipping because Ryan like volunteered to ship the Australian packages. Um, But oddly enough, like it it costs like a tremendous amount of money just to get the products to Ryan. Right. That that, like, you know, it ate it up anyway. It ended up like it was great for the Australian backers, but mm-hmm. those, those pledges were, uh, you know, closer to a wash than we would have liked them to be. By the way, quick shout out to every uh, backer in Australia and New Zealand. I have never had one of them complain about the insane shipping prices they, they have to pay. I'm not saying they never have. I'm saying it's never come to me. And, I, you know, it's like $49, $64. And it's just like, yep. That's that's cost of doing business here. Yeah, uh, and and not only that, like they're like the, the they usually are among like you know the top four or five you know countries that are supporting Kickstarters. You know, that, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of them. Yeah, um, yeah. But but there's also I mean there's a it seems like there's a really strong uh, comic creator contingent in Australia. You know, so I know there's a, a bunch in in our our community and uh and so it's it's good to see see that before we uh pivot to one of the other projects what is one of the tiers that you really want to highlight in case somebody is new to either ryan's work comics tribes work what what's the tier that you think you want to get some love to um so we did just drop a new uh 37 digital tier that includes the digital deluxe version of this and then a big, massive uh, treasure trove of Ryan stuff. Oh, nice. Um, cool. And so, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of best bang for your digital buck, um, that's probably it. Uh, you can also add Ryan's bundle. Um, it's like 10, 10 comics for 20 bucks. Like, and some of those are, some of those comics are actually full graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, really great steal of a deal on, on on getting a bundle of Ryan stuff added to it. And we actually have a stretch goal coming up um, that will unlock like a whole bunch of Comics Tribe number ones. 
Um, Does that include like non-comics drive, like Headspace and yeah, it, Canvas? It includes, and... it includes the, um, the, a lot of the uh, self-published work that Ryan controls 100% right. of, and then some of it that, um, that he has sort of shared ownership of as well. Gotcha. Um, so that's, that's a good one. And then, then I do want to also call out just cause I'm a sucker for just a brilliantly, uh, beautiful book on the shelves is our um, book that gets you all three of the comics tribe die cut, cut hardcovers. So that's um, Ryan's book. She, uh, this new one for a fistful of pain, and then also the wailing blade uh, collection. And that one is at a hundred and yeah, one twenty-seven. Um, that's three just kick-ass hardcovers there. Yeah. And each, each hardcover is almost 50 bucks a piece. I'm going to assume mm -hmm. if yeah. not more. Yeah. Hey, awesome. uh, uh, Tyler, does uh, Louie handle the lettering on this as well as the art? No, letter is actually uh, Thomas Maurer. Oh, cool. Um, I know uh, Ryan's worked with him before on, on things, and um, yeah, so he, he did a great he did a great job on that as well. Cool. Awesome. Well, all right. Thank you for sharing that. Let's um, let's look at Legends of the Realm, Jack. I'm gonna. I'm going to take that That's out of the awesome. studio. That was infinity. That was. <laughs> we, Sorry, guys. Yeah, we were in the, I was, I was going Inception, but yeah, either or. Um, but um, let Jack, let's look at uh, Legends of the Realm. I, I, you know, I'm going to, I hope, uh, give you a compliment too. Jack does this extraordinarily lovely thing. Uh, every like two, three weeks, I'll just get a really nice, lovely kind of like a, I hope you're having a great day uh, message from you and I'm too lazy to do that to other people but I want to say Jack it is so nice to get those and thank you it's like this wind behind my back when I wake up and they're there so um, thank you and, and why are you so nice and making all of us terrible bastards look bad um uh... <laughs> Uh, so the affirmations uh, started for me in about 2017. Uh, I was in the middle of the master's while trying to actually do this uh, indie comics, indie writing thing. Uh, and when you're a grad student and an indie writer, uh, you're just feeling completely down in the dumps <laughs> all the time. Everything's uphill. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just kept thinking to myself, gosh, like I would really love just a pick me up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, Hey, uh, most indie writers are and indie artists are like me in the, sometimes you just need someone to say you're doing a good job. So uh, I started doing that about once every couple of weeks and it almost now comes to like once a week, I try to send out these affirmations to as many creators I know, like, hey, you're doing a great job. You actually are a really good person. Uh, Which is inaccurate in my point, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> you me on out of this, Jack? Can you come in? I need some love. Someone get in on this. Uh, you would be amazed, though, that I have had people say, like, hey, quick 
clogging up my messenger. Please stop sending me this stuff. <laughs> okay, so that's not me. That's not me. I love it. It's nice. It's it's yeah. nice. It is. Uh, it's it's one of those where it's like do the sort of things that you want to happen more in your life because mm -hmm. if you want this. Uh, Trust me, other people definitely want that. Uh, it's sort of like that for us in indie writing, or it's the Maya Angelou quote of write the book you always want to read. Mm -hmm. uh, tell the story you wish someone had told you when you were a kid. Uh, here, it's the exact same thing. It's tell someone something you wish uh, had been to told to you. Uh because uh, we don't get told we're awesome enough. Uh, we really don't. Uh, we're, when anyone brings up the energy to just like talk with someone, it's okay, they have screwed up enough that I need to rouse myself <laughs> from my slumber and tell them this is bad. Uh, but if you're doing a good job, no one wants to tell you that. Yeah. Unless and, they want a piece of you. And every once in a while, and when I say every once in a while, it'll be six months, a year, two years, you'll get an email from somebody who has read a book of yours and they'll send you, you know, four or five paragraphs of what it means to them. And um, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy the financial, financial support of a Kickstarter, but that email is a push so much harder than a $500 backer. And the $500 backer helps you pay for art, which is huge, but that 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 soul fulfilling like oh I'm I'm not wasting my time because this one person sent me that email is so extraordinary and so I I just if anybody's watching or listening if, if a book has meant something to you and you can reach out to one of the creators and just let them know, uh, I cannot tell you how fulfilling it is to read. So I have one of those emails in my head right now as I'm telling the story. And it's just like, you'd be in the darkest part wondering how much you're wasting. You're, yo, I've wasted my life on this. And you get that email and you're like, hell yeah, I'm doing 19 more issues. I'm I'm going to finish this series for her, um, and that's that's great. So thank you very much for your affirmations. But we're here to talk about your project. So if you could share Legends of the Realm, let's let's get into it. How did how did this uh, project first come together for you and your team? Oh, so this uh, actually uh, started coming out in. Uh, 2015, uh, believe it or not, I was just starting my hand uh, in comics, trying to figure out about scripts. Uh, I've always been such a big fan of uh, fantasy. This is very much my wheelhouse. Um, mm -hmm. And I came up with this concept for a mage whose story changes depending on who's telling it. It's not that, like, the facts change. It's not that uh, people are lying. But uh, what 
parts of his life we choose to focus on almost change whether he's a hero or a villain. And that story hung around with me for about five years or so until I found uh, my artist, Evan Scale. Uh, and uh, we started working together on a couple of other projects. Of course, Russell Nolte is going to get uh, a nod because we did uh, a piece for him in uh, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell 2, Terrible 2s. And I showed him this script and he's like, this is the one I want to do with you. This oh, nice. is this is what's going on. Uh, and after that, we knew that we had set up this world uh, and we wanted to tell Camridian's story in uh, more deeper uh, detail. And so that is where Set in Stone comes from. And that's sort of... I, I don't like calling it a hook because it's uh, it feels hard on that, but uh, it, they're legends. Uh, mm -hmm. So each tale is always told by some narrator. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be the same at some point, but you always know that there is someone who has some sort of agenda or bias uh, who is telling the tale. They may be telling it completely truthfully, uh, but you know that the bias is there. Uh, and gods, I love this cover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from Evan did the pencils. Uh, Rusty Gilligan did the inks and Jay Morris did the colors. Uh, and this variant, which literally came in like three days ago from Amanda Dufresne. Look at that moon. Yeah, this is just, I, I am a stone woman. Here is this bridge. Uh, do you want to hear my tale? And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, and this is, this is the sort of thing that I just absolutely adore about comics. I, I read book books all the time. I love movies and TV shows and video games, and they all have these wonderfully different aspects. But some of the best parts about comics is this collaborative effort uh, that uh, I have going on between myself and Evan, uh, editor John Robinson, who's another uh, old hand for Comics launch and Mike Myers at every and at every stage, it's building this new amazing uh, story that's coming to life. So let's let's talk about the team and how you guys work work together on this. So when you write the script, uh, and I'm I'm assuming you're sending it to the artist. What type of communication do you guys have? Uh, on on the full plot of the issue, page to page, panel to panel, how much is you, how much is the artist, and how much is some symbiotic relationship between the two of you? I'd say there's a lot of a symbiotic uh, relationship. So uh, Evan is great because he's uh, he's bought in on the series, so mm -hmm. he'll he'll listen to me uh, chat him up on. Uh, Facebook. 
Uh, I don't understand how because he lives in Greece and I'll be at, at this time of night, I'll be texting him going, can I tell you about this arc I have? And he's like, sure. And then I'm, <laughs> I do the time difference in my head head. And I'm like, wait, why aren't you asleep? It's like five <laughs> in the morning. And he's like, Oh no, it's just a early night for me. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, from there. He's seeing uh, it from those very rough uh, inklings that I've got. Uh, he'll be seeing the entire process, but he won't really start until uh, John and I have had a chance to sit down for like three hours to really finish up uh, the script. Uh, like, uh, And he gets a chance to just say, here, we need a little bit of changes. Here's mm-hmm. what's going on. And John really makes sure that uh, it's like, hey, can you make sure that this is in the story Bible so I can follow along? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I always forget to do. <laughs> uh, and then from there, it's uh, Evan and I are working on characters, uh, sketches, if we need new ones, uh, and this. And he and I show each other pretty much everything from roughs to uh, and thumbnails to uh, pencils and inks and colors, which it, that's what Evan does. He does uh, the whole kit and caboodle. That just above that that panel where you've got the panel, uh, a spot panel under the bridge is extraordinary. Was that in the script? Is that something that just no. came back from the artist's eye? That's gorgeous. This so much of the layout I want to give to Evan. And the reason is he'll come up with stuff like this. Uh, what Evan really wants is just, uh, just enough structure. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I need some panels. If something is really important to you, uh, you need to let me know about that. But, uh, he gets to enjoy a lot of creative freedom, uh, because he has more than earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, another thing that I just love about this process. Like uh, seeing this come to life. Like uh, for myself as a writer, it's not really important that the comic comes exactly as I think it is. Uh, I I see uh, Evan's uh in many respects as a co-writer uh, because he's t- he's doing 60% of the work while I'm doing the funny scratchings on Google right. Drive. Right. Uh, and I mean, this is uh, where we had Floated Dream and this was page three of our uh, first issue in the series and I'm like, it's supposed to be a floating city go. <laughs> and he's like, okay, here's what you get. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. that That's what I wanted. This kids, kids, if you're listening at home, this is why writers don't work as hard as artists. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you're are completely right. Uh, because I can just say, hey, there's a hundred people in this shot. And yeah, mo- 
there is a good percentage of artists who will be like, so you're going to get 10. Yeah. Fair, yeah. which is fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this is, this is Legends of the Realm 1 and 2. Um, if everything works exactly as you want it, how long would this series run? Uh, forever. Okay. All right. Uh, so this first arc that we've got going on, like uh, what I've learned through uh, all, all of my other Kickstarter projects is uh, you want to give yourself off ramps mm -hmm. uh, and that both let you continue onwards. Uh, but if you stop at this certain point, it's not going to be, ruin the story. Right. Uh, I've had artists who are like, hey, I'm gone. And uh, so I'm just sitting there going, well, this story is gone. Right. Uh, I guess I got to move on from there. I wish you would have given me that advice when I started. <laughs> Where were you, Jack? <laughs> This is the advice I give to young writers all, yeah. all the time where they're like, I have my masterpiece and I'm 15 years old. I'm like, great, shelve <laughs> it. <laughs> Work on it in the background, yeah. uh, especially if you're working in comics, unless you have a trust fund that you are just about to tap into, yeah. you do you don't have the capital for this or uh, you or you can draw it yourself then then kind of you can sort of do whatever you want but also also don't but um <laughs> exactly uh like i think uh another thing is learning from uh tyler in this sort of regard he's seen these big graphic novels where it's like hey all the art is done or I've got this huge concept for like this 120 page book and Tyler's looking at this going, so can you make like four 30 page Kickstarters, mm -hmm. uh, especially as you're starting out, because it's going to be a lot harder to fund that 120 page book for a very first time. Well, that brings uh, up a really great point. I had, um, Travis McIntyre of SourcePoint Press, uh, he was saying that he actually prefers to hear a pitch earlier. He doesn't, he can deal with getting a script or he can deal with getting a finished book, but he prefers hearing the pitch early because if he can kind of work with the creative team to make it more marketable for SourcePoint, um, that's preferable. As, a, as only speaking for yourself, Tyler, uh, if somebody that you, you, not a Ryan, not, not a John Lee, not a, you know, not, not, not your, your core group, but if somebody came to you and said, I've got an idea, do you prefer something that's really formed or, or something that you can kind of be part of the, the creation process? And this is a pitch that you would want to uh, publish. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of tough because you know it's a, it's a little bit of a goldilocks situation where if it is so far if it is so far down the line but it's not like 100% the kind of thing that comics tribe does um then in some cases i'm like you know what like 
just slapping our our imprint on it, I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference or that it would be worth it to the creator for Comic Tribe to take what we need to take in terms of like out of the funding, you know, to mm-hmm. just, you know to pay for the basics of putting that, you know, and, and having that be something that we're working on instead of something else right. um, versus what they could do on their own. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so, so there is a, is a point where if it's so far along, um, but we're also not like to, to this point, like we are not like, there are some publishers like, like scout, like their business model, I think is in large part Kickstarter, like, Hey, fund it with Kickstarter. And then when you're ready to get your direct market distribution, um, or, or, you know, wider distribution elsewhere. Yeah come talk to us. Right. And and they're not so worried about like the whole piece of the pie. Like, like for us, like Kickstarter is still, you know, a significant portion of like, Mm -hmm. like our launch, you know, that like, it's almost like that is, you know, one a and, you know, and, and um, the direct market is, is just a secondary sort of side place to sell stuff. Um, so yeah, so so you know, and, and then on the, the on the other end of it, like if somebody comes to me with like, hey, I've got an idea, and, and here's a pitch and high concept, I can I can from that I can say, yeah, man, that that sounds really cool, or I love that hook, or yeah, that sounds like look like like how um, you know we did a contest for a fistful of pain um, where we had people come up with fake movie titles, right, mm-hmm. for fake kung fu movie titles, and um, I, it's one of the things I got to do. I got to pick a winner in a little bit, um, but or I got to pick uh, three finalists, and then we're, we're we, we can help you pick the winner. We can help. You. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I I I put one in. I um, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 Actually, I can't I be. I, can't be I didn't scroll up that high, but in like the first fifty or something, there was one title that I'm like, shit. I would I'm like like. I lost comic on that title. <laughs> like, and that's all it is. It's literally just a title, but, but that title is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, like if somebody came to me with a pitch for that title, I would be all over it. <laughs> and I don't even like sight on see Cause like sometimes there are like, there are, there are titles, right? Like that, like you hear a something, title. something is killing the children. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's done amazing. I mean, there's a lot right with that comic, but yeah. just that, that title is yeah. amazing. It, it knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, and, so, so yes, so, but, but, but usually if, if someone comes to me with a, a really great idea, but that's all it is, um, then like maybe I can pair them with an artist that I know is, is coming up. And, and, and that's what like, you know, C is for Cthulhu is the book we've sold the most copies of it. It's probably the biggest success, which is a children's book. But that was a, you know, a, an artist came to me with an idea or a writer came to me with, with the idea for the board book. And um, and I paired him with an artist that I knew and, and then said, you know, all right, all right, you take your writing expertise and, and your Lovecraft expertise. You take your art skills and, you know, I'll do the Kickstarter and publishing thing. And, and, it and, out. and Empire has basically been born. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I have, you know, a thousand tentacled 
things in my basement, uh, <laughs> toys in my basement as a result, <laughs> including that's one that's awesome. like six feet tall and scares my wife. <laughs> well, I think that it's, I think that's, we can't underestimate that, that business model, you know, using Kickstarter as sort of like the first platform for being a, a new publishing model, because, you know, the, a lot of the publishers are, they're, you know, they're, they're having, they can be having a hard time nowadays. And I actually, I think about your publishing model a lot. I'm like, yeah, actually it's quite brilliant, you know? Well, yeah, I, I definitely grabbed and then Emily was uh, gone off of a comic shop shelf and I was ecstatic to be able to get that, um, you know? So it's nice to be able to get it one place or the other. And I, and I appreciate that, you know, the comic shop down here, it was Phil's, Phil's comic shop down here in uh, Margate, Florida had it. And I was just like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And like, even though like, a big focus of the Kickstarter, like I do credit a lot of Comics Tribe's success uh, on Kickstarter and outside of it, it is like the legitimacy that like getting the Wednesday release has, has done. And, mm -hmm. and like, you know, and also a lot of the creators that, that I've worked with, like a big part of their career, like so many of their career goals are tied up with, you know, being relevant on Wednesdays. Well, Rich Duke has written a friggin' Superman story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's honestly, you can ride that coattail for. I, I, I know that you do plenty on your own, but Jesus Christ, you can write. He wrote a Superman story that was published by the Superman people. Now, <laughs> HBO Max probably, you know, cut it. That probably doesn't exist anymore. But at one point, it was a thing. <laughs> it was. It was a real thing. No, I, I mean that's that's pretty amazing. I, I do want to make sure, uh, Jack, is there a a catch-up tier for Legends of the Realm 1 and 2. So if I missed, because I did miss the first campaign, could I get both issues with this one? Absolutely. You can get uh, both of those. You can even get uh, that graphic novella, Torn Soul, uh, as well. So we've got those in both digital and physical variants for like $15 and $30. Okay. Uh, to make sure that everyone gets a chance to catch up on uh, this series. Uh, another thing I wanted to add to that conversation, the great thing that Kickstarter and independent comics has done that I think gets really ignored uh, all the time. Uh, we pay our artists, uh, not just on time, but sometimes a lot faster than the big guys. Uh, like, I feel like that's one of those things that does not get mentioned enough. And then you see these stories of Marvel just had another billion dollars and uh, someone who wrote the exact comic run got $5,000 and a special thanks in, uh, in the movie. Hmm. Uh, and, or that's not... Uh, coming out fast. You see this also with uh, big publishers going, oh, you're going to get paid at this uh, on at the quarter, uh, even smaller press for us smaller guys, uh, especially for artists that are coming up, they're uh, like uh, trying to make ends meet all the time. The, that like hundred thirty hundred fifty dollars for a single page that's gas and groceries money and mm -hmm. 
we pay them like that because we're in an indie comics scene and we try to look out for each other. And uh, if we don't, uh, we hear about it. That's one of the best things about this indie comic scene is that camaraderie that so often just d- does not get talked about. Yeah, I, I can say, um, I can now say Ringo nominated cartoonist Fellhound now because <laughs> shout out to Fellhound, Commander Rao is a Ringo nominated for best single issue of last year. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is explain yourself bump getting some uh, Ringo nominations, but um, her, her joke was she and a bunch of artists just share the same twenty dollars back and forth. Um, yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Will Will and I guarantee coming on this show is going to get you two backers. Uh, you know, hopefully we get you more, but we guarantee Will and I will get you two backers. Uh, That's right. Lowest or um, highest tier? Lowest or highest tier? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it it could it could be a dollar and it could be one hundred and twenty five. But I gotta say, right now, stuff tight. It's gonna be closer to the dollar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Will. He just started a new job. He might be throwing the Benjamins. Out. <laughs> uh, not yet, not yet. But yeah. we're, we'll get we're getting close. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's it's. I love backing Kickstarters because I know what it feels like to get backing on Kickstarter and I I love being able to um I I used to be a Wednesday warrior I used to get 20 to 35 dollars worth of books every week and now I back Kickstarters sorry local comic shop uh I I try to help you out when I can but my my comic money is at Kickstarter now and that's and it's great and I love it and uh, I can't wait to get your books. And one of those books I can't wait to get is Baby Barbarian. So, William, you've been very patient. Let's they let's me. let's me. get into let's get into Baby Barbarian. And, and I just um, before we do that, yeah. I would just like to reiterate what Jack said. You know, there was a, my letter was uh, posted on Twitter that somebody had had been chatting them on. You know what I mean in terms of paying them. And I said, you know what? That's never going to happen with own goal books, which is my my imprint. You know what I mean? And that, that this is true. I think that you know, there's a certain there's a degree of legitimacy, and you know, like, but also like, uh, I don't know, a community that um, is around this, and uh, which doesn't necessarily exist at the highest levels. You know, I think which is what Jack's kind of alluding to. So I, um, I was a I was a freelance writer. I, well, you share that. I'll tell a story. I was a freelance writer for an internet site um, for Maxim Magazine. And the pay was incredible when it eventually got to me. (laughs) So by when when eight weeks of payment haven't come in for two months, it almost doesn't matter when it does, even though the payment's great, because you're so far behind. Yeah. Uh, so these big corporations that hold and hold and hold and hold, you know, it, it is it is rough. Yeah. When I'd finally get paid, I'd be able to hit my credit cards. But uh, yeah, it's it's rough when you're doing freelance and these big corporations decide that um, they need to show that they made one point three billion dollars this quarter. So they don't pay you the eighteen hundred they owe you, which is rough. Right? Hey, um you know what, Kevin? I just I have my other screen on Safari. 
and it might take me a minute. Do you have? The... Do you want me to pull it up? I yeah. Think. All right. So it's, it, I'm like, I didn't realize it was going to be an issue, and I'm like going through all permissions and stuff like that. <laughs> no, let's get to it. All Thanks, right. That's why I keep I keep them open just in case. No, I appreciate um, that. I appreciate. So, that. I I didn't have an, a good enough chance to really get through this, but I want to say that looking at your panels, I had a real Mad Magazine feel. <laughs> there is so much going on in the back of the panels. Is this written or is your artist just having a blast? Okay, so I think that's really an that's a good question because um, it's sort of a combination, right? I, I'm, I'm highly scripted and my, my artist appreciates that because, mm -hmm. you know, it's no, like, like he's not interested necessarily in trying to... Uh, you know, do all that work that is required. He's a you know, busy person. So he's not interested in doing all the work that is required to, um, you know, like the Marvel method, for example. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when he, um, when I give him the, when I give him the, the script, he is full, has full power to put everything into the background that he mm -hmm. wants. And I really like that. So for example, in one of the, these are the panels from the, the first book here. Um, and I took them out, but there's a panel, for example, where the guy's in the back of the wagon and he's like showing all of the different items and he throws a toaster over his shoulder. And that was completely, <laughs> that was completely Igor's work, you know, and, and to be honest, this artist I'm working with, Igor Wolski, he's a genius. And um, when I, when we did the character design for the, for the family, we, we have three fam three, three principal family members. They're, they're all bees. It's Brom. Brunhild and Bjorn Berserk. And um, <clears throat> when we did, when he did the, when I gave him the character descriptions a year ago, um, over a year ago, geez. And he sent them back. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's money. You know, it's completely money. Oh, so if we can stop here, Kevin. So one of the other things, yeah, maybe you can go down a little bit, but one of the things that we do is that I had a friend um, in Hawaii who was working with, um, uh, work, uh, teaching kids how to use Unity. And so I was like, I was, you know, I was just, I was a part of Tyler saying, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago, I was learning everything. And I, at that point I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to throw the whole kitchen, um, I'm going to throw the kitchen sink into this. And so we, we worked on this um, uh, video game version of Baby Barbarian. And this time round, we have a very simple, uh, single, like Metroidvania style video game, which uses all the assets from the comic. So um, that's what that is is showing right there, which is a um, and what's really cool is like that. If you play that right there, this is uh, Dylan Murayama, who is the um, the uh, designer. He helped to uh, he he pulled apart uh, in Unity. He pulled all the all the panels apart, and the the idea for this was to have um, the video game action be the interstitial action. Mm -hmm. You know how we were talking about um, you know one of the brilliant things about comic books as a medium. Is that there's so many different ways you can tell the story, right? Right. You can have the panel, you can have the dialogue, and often sometimes the dialogue or the caption will will create that um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, um, like that. Uh, oh man, what is it called when you uh, when you have the? Uh, I call it magic. I'm not very smart. <laughs> dramatic irony. Right. Right. Yeah. Where like the, where the, the the character is saying one thing. Mm -hmm. But then the but then the action is different. But and it gives you a third and it gives you a third meaning with the three. Exactly. Yeah. 
But the other thing about comics that is so brilliant is that you have the interstitial action, right? It's like, it's like, you know, the, the, the picture of the person with the, the ax held high and then out the exterior where you have the, ah, and so you know mm -hmm. what happened, right? right? They do that in movies as well. But so this video game is this interstitial action when our protagonist, Brom, the little boy is inside of his, inside of his dungeon cell and he's got to escape. And so it's like, well, we made this little video game where the person can, the, the backer can be Brom figuring out how to escape from this dungeon cell. Well, is there audio on the game or? There is, but not right now. Not right now. Okay. This, one, this one is, um, this one here is just sort of a, uh, uh, it's an example of what we can do, but you can see it. You can see it. Um, we, we, we also uh, share this up as a podcast, so I don't want to play it without audio and kind of have like 30 seconds of people, but everybody <laughs> go to the page and you can, you can look at, uh, look at the video game. So unfortunately I'm not going to play it just because I don't want to uh, mess up the podcast version. Yeah. But um, that right there, that picture had shows some of the gameplay. For example. Oh, it does? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we don't have any. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, hey man, it's we're indie, so you know, we're doing the best we can to make everything as you know, William, as awesome. that video game is so much better than any video game I've ever made. <laughs> Will, have you ever made a video game that good? Uh, what's a video game? I don't know, I barely <laughs> make comics, man. <laughs> but I, I really am a fan of like cross pollination, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think maybe if you were to go down, these are just uh, digital rewards. And we, again, we had launched the, the, the first comic last year. Mm -hmm. And, um, so. Are both of these, um, is that a variant, um, cover yeah, on so the left? Yeah. So the main one is, um. On the right, that's Igor Wolski did that. And on the left is Fausto Ciodoni. He's an artist who I'm working with on, a, on another comic as well, like a sci-fi comic. But um, that's one. We, we introduced a new character in the second, in the second comic. And, uh, and that's a depiction of her as a young, uh, young woman. And as she's also depicted in this picture by Travis Hansen, who's a pretty well-known artist sort of in, the, in like the young adult fantasy world. Um, that's a variant cover there. Well, I saw that you put up like people who love Amulet and Bone, uh, who are basically two. Bone is on my Mount Rushmore of comics, and Amulet is on my Mount Rushmore of young adult kids comics. So you've got me based on on the type of book you're putting out there. Awesome. Um, and and like I said, I, I didn't get into it enough, but I I loved the uh, the chaos in the background while the family was going through, and I, I loved the uh, your, your throne, you know, as a as a Game of Thrones watcher, uh, instead of uh, instead of swords in the throne, what do you have in your throne? I, I noticed a garden implements. Yes. <laughs> so the the conceit is that this guy he's like you know what he makes a proclamation that there will forever be fun in his kingdom and there will be no work. Right. And so he gets all the garden implements and he makes a throne out of them. 
And, uh, and no, no relation to Game of Thrones, of course. No, not, not, not at all. It, 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 it didn't even cross my mind. That's why I brought it up. Can you go up a little bit? Please? Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, in that, in that, um, regarding that, you know, the, the whole, this whole comic is very elusive. It's, it's a lot of illusions. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's like Gonzo Fantasy, they call it. And Gonzo Fantasy is essentially like all the tropes, none of the world building. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, and, and uh, 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 Jack, you're going to understand that, you know, world building is an enormous aspect to fantasy. But at the same time, so many. So I, I was wondering, maybe you could stop here. So one of the things that I really had a lot, a lot of fun with in the last one was um, doing what, what I call cover photo bombs. Mm. And so these are where the backer can actually, you know, it's a higher tier, right? but um, the backer can send me a photo of either themselves or their child. And wow. then we can do, I can talk to the artist about doing a barbarianized version of that, hmm. of that person, putting it on the cover there and then having it, um, you know, and then, and sending it to them. I mean, is so is this going to be printed where they draw the person on, or are you going to print a one, like a single issue with like a, a, a drawing on the cover? Yeah, it ends up being a single or a double issue, depending. But um, yeah, so I mean, it's super selective, right? But the right. you know, there, there, of course, because we're talking about children and stuff like that, there's a lot of concerns about. Um, uh, identity right you know right. So, in fact the last backer was like you know i really want to do this but just don't show this cover because these are children right. but the nice thing is is that, you know there are so many options for printing and um i actually got the last campaign when we did this we also fausto also did this with our last campaign uh cover and um kablam kablam printing allows you to do pretty like individual uh, comics for a reasonable amount, but that's why, but I also pay, you know, we have to pay Fausto. And then if you could maybe go down, there's another one that I did this time. There we go. This is the Brady Bunch cover. Right. And this is the, this one, you can only get this cover if you back this. So it's super exclusive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you can only get it if you, if you barbarianize it and put your barbarian in the center. But, um, yeah, so uh, the nice thing about having all these different printing options is that, you know, you can go to Comic Impressions for some big runs, right. but then Kablam, that's, well, you, me, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I, went to, <laughs> I went to Kablam, and, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, you end up paying a little bit more for Kablam to print it off as an individual or do, and to be honest, like, I'm like, hey, you know what, if you print it off, if you back this already, I'm going to make two copies and just send it to you. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Give it to them. But um, yeah. yeah so you want to have that backup just in case, like, oh, yeah, it's got a little bent or, yeah. But exactly. That's a, that's a cool idea. And so that was so kind of my most popular one so far. I don't have so many backers, but the one that people like is this, you know, and it's sort of, I mean, it's marketing, right? Like, right. sorry, yeah. you know, but. Sorry, not sorry, they say, right? Well, I mean, this, this show is basically marketing, so it, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. But like this one is like, you know, the if you look up at the thing, it's 175, I think, for mm -hmm. um, both of them. 
right. you know, versus 150 for just a Scott Oakley only, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that's people like that, you know, they're like, Hey, I'll just invest in two. It's a one-time thing. Yeah, You're never right. going to get that again. You're going to have your child on the cover of a comic. It's never going to happen again. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember how it came up with that. I think it was like a, a comedian, Ken Jong. you know, he kept on photobombing everyone. And I was like, you know, it'd be fun. To, it'd be great to have a, um, have a cover bomb. You know what I mean? And just, why not? Because we can make our own comics, you know? Yeah, I think it's genius. That's, that's great. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't know if I'm genius, but, you know, I'll take it. Hey, hey you know what? You take the compliments I give. That's, that. <laughs> The, the thing, there's no reason to be humble. We, we, we take the compliments we get in this, this world because we don't get it. Can I, can I um, add one more thing? Mm -hmm. Of course. So the funny thing was, you know, we were talking about like there's, it's so hard with the, um, uh, when you have Gonzo Fantasy, there's no world building. So when I was writing the comic, I was doing panels and I was like, okay, so they're going to go through this room. Then they're going to go through this chamber that has like bat bunnies in it. And the next chamber has like, like, uh, what is it? Moth moth rats or i mean just like I, I do all these hybrid monsters you know what i mean right. and then um and then i was like you know what uh igor referred me igor he referred me to a friend of his in poland who's a brilliant artist i said hey igor you have any artists you really want to work with this time around he goes yeah this guy and so i looked at us like, that's really cool and he would do these landscapes so i said you know what let's do a um like a what do you call that like a um the cross profile you know what i mean like where you cut it down the middle and you have all the all the things going through mm -hmm. um like the different rooms and so but the funny thing was so we did a, a beautiful and this is one of the stretch goals which is a um a cross a cross section that's the word a cross section of castle slapdash and the dungeon but the crazy thing was is that i had to literally look at my own script and be like jesus how am i going to tie all these rooms together you know what I mean? right <laughs> because it was just completely extemporaneous you know but um but it was it was he he figured it out he made a one pager and it's an absolutely beautiful cross-section map of uh, castle slap slapdash and the dungeon beneath it with other rooms that he put in so again you know that's a great thing about working with these artists right mm -hmm. You give them a you give them an inch and they take a mile. And well, I think Jack, yeah, Jack Jack had to to take off because we do this show late. And I tell everybody if if you got to go to bed or eat, depending on where you're on the world, go. And so, but he had said like his artist had bought in. So having an artist who's bought in and is adding and 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 making it better on their own is extraordinary. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, this and same question for you, if if all goes well, how long will Baby Barbarian go? Well, it was, you know, this is kind of cool because, um, you know, Tyler mentioned Scout Comics. So last year, the second day I was launching, uh, Richard Rivera, who I know has been on the show, mm. he approached me because at that time he was in charge of the, the YA imprint for yeah. Scout Comics. Right. And I think he's become VP or something now, which is awesome. He, he's co-publisher, but he still is running the Scoot imprint as well. It's, yeah. It's what I believe I know. So he approached me and he's like, you want to um, go with me? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And um, and he was like, well, we want to do a more serialized, like Asterix. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I that was a the problem. Then I, I'd written this one already where in the castle they meet this other child who's mm -hmm. been 
been taken away from her family. And by the way, a lot of my stuff has a lot of themes that are current in our in our uh, in our modern world. This is what fantasy and sci-fi is supposed to do, right? right. It's supposed to interrogate our current world. If you're smart, I just I, I'm not. I can't do it. <laughs> but 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 you do you. <laughs> you you're saying me be smart and you can be yes. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More the boobs and dragons. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, geez, I lost my train. Oh, so, um, so they will be releasing this one, the 56 pager. And then after that, man, I would love to, you know, I've, uh, you know, we have the video game thing going and I'm actually working on a card game version with a Spanish game designer. Um, cool. and so, I mean, you know how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Want to ride these things into the sunset as much as you can. You we know? want to give everybody as many options to enjoy your work as you can, you know, you go. cheap normal expensive and then here there everywhere it's you're you're just trying to make sure that the the property is there for people where they want it so no baby barbarian looks really fun cute and uh uh congratulations on uh getting in there with 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 the scoot version of scout are they they it's a it's a nice team that is doing the best they can and uh you know, like I, I talk about, you know, Commerce Tribe, Sourcepoint Press, Scout. There's there's a lot of uh, people working their butt off to get books in comic shops, and comic shops are doing the best they can in a weird economic environment. And sometimes that means your book gets on the shelf, and sometimes that means it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, you know, all you can do is keep working. So um, can I just say thanks to Tyler for um, being that guide, as you mentioned early on. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta, we always, we always have to acknowledge the people that helped us get to where we're at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, it's it's a it's extraordinary to, uh, to to be part of the group. And if you're listening to this, and we're uh, an hour and twenty minutes in, so I'm going to try to close it out so you guys aren't up too late because uh, you have campaigns to run. Um, you know, the indie community is really. Uh, people really help each other in this and uh, it's extraordinary to be part of it. But, you know, people like Tyler kind of showed the way and, and, you know, before we ever met at New York comic-con, I, I had sent you a tweet like, well, you know, what do you, what do you think would work? And you gave me like six answers and we're like, well, let's talk later, you know, like, <laughs> but you gave me the six answers before you said, Hey, let's talk later. And it was, I've always tried to emulate that if I can. And, you know, Ryan was three rank, rungs up the ladder from me when I reached out and talked to him and he read Tart and sent me his books. And it's like, um, that's it's awesome. nice. It's nice to have the people who are a couple rungs up willing to at least give you a hand up, you know, yeah. uh, you can't expect the people seven rungs up to help you, but one rung up two rung up. It's nice to have it. And, uh, I try to do what I can to, to reach down one, one or two rungs, uh, because of what you guys have done. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that you know, in Hollywood, what is it like seven degrees, six degrees, Kevin Bacon, but, but mm-hmm. in comics, I think everybody's like, Literally, like one, 
one, maybe one and a half creators away from everyone else. And it's, yeah, it's a, so it definitely is a, a community where like, it, yes, if you judged, you know, what comics is by just like hanging out on Twitter where every month there's a new like controversy or drama mm -hmm. or, or, or fight, you, you'd think, oh, wow, half of comics is awful, but you know, so much of the world is really actually, you know, pretty, pretty darn cool. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So at this point, Will and I are going to talk about the campaigns that are still running that have been on the show. You guys are welcome to hang and talk about it and you're welcome to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> many people choose to go to sleep. So uh, we will we will appreciate it. But before you choose, why don't we do 30 second, uh, a 30 second elevator pitch on each project? Uh, uh william you've been you've been you're you're in the zone so let's do baby barbarian one more time i'm always in the zone baby <laughs> <laughs> um so baby barbarian is a it's a y y a or like a tween uh focused gonzo fantasy comic that focuses on family um and is really meant to be just fun and Edifying. Can I say that? <laughs> you, certainly. Wholesome and edifying are allowed. Edifying. <laughs> yes. So um, anyways, yeah, there, there you go. Awesome. Tyler, uh, Fistful of Pain. Yeah, Fistful of Pain. I mean, the, the core concept is that uh, no one has the power to hurt you worse than someone in your own family. Jesus and Christ, that hurts. It, it, uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know when you finally have the chance to get your comeuppance, um, what does that look like and what, how does that go down? And, uh, and because it's Ryan K. Lindsay, uh, it's going to you, you go in knowing that it's going to, you know, be a, a, a punch in the gut, a, a shot mm -hmm. to the heart, but it doesn't, but it never goes down exactly how you think it's going to go down. Right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. That is, that is a painful way to describe it, and I love it. Um, all right, so Will, what do we have? Who's well, I know that Cat and Phil they they uh, funded, yep, funded successfully. Uh, extraordinary uh, works for the haunting and the dancer, but um, uh, we we we're cheating a little bit. Uh, Mike Shea has not been on for his Miskatonic. I, he's the greatest guy in the world, but he does not uh, like to stay up late. So we're we're not able to have Miss Tonic High on the show, but it's a great um, Lovecraftian story about uh, high school students who get caught uh, fighting the forces of all of Lovecraft's, Lovecraft's monsters. And this is a yearbook where you can back to put your face, your own, your your <laughs> motto. On it, it's just a really extraordinary idea. Um, also, Russell hasn't been on, but he's he's a friend of the show. Mm -hmm. And Ichabod Jones is, uh, but between Pixie Dust and Ichabod Jones, those are my two favorite Russell joints. Uh, Ichabod Jones is either um, an insane man killing a bunch of innocent people or a hero saving us from a demon onslaught, and you're just gonna have to find out. Uh, in the series. Um. Uh, let's see. Next up, I think we have Pup Van Winkle, which uh, is from, I think that's Orange Cone, isn't it? Orange Cone, Heather Gibb. Travis mm -hmm. is taking a, a backseat to his wife writing her first ever comic. 
using the Rip Van Winkle uh, legend, uh, but putting a puppy in it and uh, just a real cute, um, I think it's appropriate for all ages. A dog wakes up 15 years after a nap in the forest to find out that the sheriff of the town has made dogs illegal and uh, the, the police the police force is cats and the sheriff. And uh, it just sounds cute, adorable. The art is amazing and Heather is, is great. So check out Pup Van Winkle. And then we've got uh, Dragon Girl Albino Warrior. This is a massive uh, superhero world that is being built one comic at a time. Uh, a young, a young lady with um, I, I I can't remember what her her medical uh, issue is right now, but a, an experimental surgery brings out something in her DNA, and she is the Dragon Girl, and uh, the albino warrior is coming to try to lead her. Uh, to fulfill a, a prophecy and just a kind of a little bit of a, if you like a, a fistful of pain, it's kind of on that Kung Fu Kaiju tip. And I've, there's one more that uh, she's a friend of the show, uh, but we've got uh, the mermaid's coloring book. Oh yeah. Um, which uh, is very, which is in the kind of the same vein as um, her, which, which Tober book or witch's mm -hmm. book, but yeah. Um, yeah, Samantha Branch is a, a wonderful artist, and uh, this is a lot of of her art, and it's uh, you know her a theme where you know she's working with mermaids, and there's a not there's a safe for work version and a, and a not safe for work version. So it's and, uh, and Samantha's biggest art influence is Michael Turner, and she, uh, you know like you can see it. it it's her work is gorgeous uh the colors are vibrant and uh it's definitely worth worth checking out so that's what's live from people who've been on the show and uh we'll do this for well i i think we have we'll have one day to talk about a fistful of pain but we'll be able to talk about baby barbarian and <laughs> legends of the realm i think for a couple shows so i really appreciate you hanging out uh yeah. it was a blast and uh if you got another project, let us know, and we'd love to have you back on. Yep. Thank Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks, oh, that was the affirmation I needed. I didn't get the letter from Jack, but I got <laughs> You know, I put him on blast, so Tyler and, and William and Will, hopefully hopefully you get it. But it's really it's really nice every couple of weeks. Uh, hey, like, man, I tell you, it's a, you know, you get you get lonely doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. See, now that I know that, I'll, I'll just take uh, – Take Jack's affirmation, send it to Will. And there we go. Oh, just, God, really nice guy. Move it around. Yeah. Nice. It's like nice. that $20 that just goes around, you know, for KBR. Yeah. I heard the same thing at the um, at the Comic Cons. It's the same thing. Everyone is the same $100 and they just yeah. pass them around. Yeah. I, I've never had that $100. So thank you, everybody, and good night. Thanks, guys.